Shanna Covey, creator and host of Always Shine Brightly. I named this podcast Always Shine Brightly because I believe that is what we are each here to do. And in times where we feel we're not shining bright, I feel it's still our purpose to work through and shift whatever is dimming our light. In this podcast, I'm speaking with guests who I see as bright lights in the world despite any struggles they may have gone through. The more of us who do this, the better the world becomes. Join us on this shared mission to make the world a brighter place. I'm so excited to have our guest, Hema Herodin, on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. I always like to start by saying how we got connected. And I'll just say like a couple of weeks ago, I was having a conversation with a friend of mine talking about season two of the podcast. And I was like, man, I just love all the guests I had on season one. Hope I can find some really incredible guests on season two. And I kid you not, either that night when I got home or the next morning, I had a Facebook message from a mutual friend of ours suggesting you as a potential podcast guest. And I didn't know who you are, but based on what she said, she said you were an author. You wrote a book called From Homelessness to Healer, A Journey Through Entrepreneurship, Awakening and Merging with My Higher Self. Of course, that got my attention. The, the, the title itself is just an intriguing to know about that story. And of course, and we had about 40 different mutual Facebook friends from the Bentinho Massaro community. So I just know, like, I already knew it was going to be a good fit. And so I'm just so excited to have you on. And to kick it off, I would just love to know a bit more about your story of awakening. I know where you are in your path right now. It's not that relevant to you. But I think for the listeners, it's always very interesting and curious to know what brought you to where you are? Yeah, definitely. Um, I love that you mentioned that, you know, sometimes it's no longer relevant to us, but it's always relevant to the listeners and those that are just maybe starting out on a path and need direction. So that was the main reason why I knew that um, the book had to just be unleashed because originally when it came through, and I say it came through because it only took four days for me to write it from from start to finish. Yeah, and I had never written anything before. I'm not a writer. I don't do articles, none of that. Um, So it was like just this intense flash of inspiration. And the state that I was in was, well, you know, how relevant is this and what's needed? And so what happened was I just sent it to a few close friends and they were like this need to go out because you don't know how many people are struggling on that same path and haven't had the depth of the awakening that I experienced. Right. And you know, when you go through an experience, you're like, okay, if I go through it, I mean like everyone can kind of Mm -hmm. (laughs) go through it. That's that's just the way that I feel. And, and um, I was realizing how many people are getting stuck on the journey. So to, give my backstory, my awakening, and I'm just doing air quotes with awakening, <laughs> <laughs> because we know that process can can look many ways, mm-hmm. and it, it's almost never ending here. It started, I would say it started really strongly in 2016. Okay. So prior to that, I was a franchise owner. I opened my first company. I was 23, and that was about 2011, 2012, and I would say I was doing my thing. It was a tax franchise. I um, loved doing taxes. I had four locations, you know, running my operation. It was great. And there was something inside of me that was coming to this point where it was filling everything. It wasn't everything that I thought that I wanted. And 
I was so intensely just focused on getting there, like success and getting there. Mm -hmm. And when I got there, it didn't give me the fulfillment that I wanted. When I was looking around at the other franchisees, you know, they wanted to acquire more money and more things, cars, engines. No, that's not what I'm doing this for. So I started to reevaluate. And um, in 2013, my grandfather passed away. Oh, I'm so sorry. And to hear he was that. very close to me. We had this like silent kind of relationship. And when he passed, just his process of his passing opened up this this spiritual world to me. Mm. So we we had a close relationship, but it was one that was very silent. And in the event of his passing, there was this level of the only way that I can describe it is telepathic communication between him and I and I really felt like he was communicating to me from the other side because he couldn't speak he was going through late stages of Alzheimer and had a feeding tube then but I was receiving all of these messages from him and on the day of his passing one of the strongest messages was you're a healer and I was like what does that even mean (laughs) you know (laughs) okay I have no clue what this means but simultaneously at the same time, my daughter was about five years old and I, she would have conversations with me about her being able to see colors around her friends in oh, school. Wow. Um, and I didn't know a lot about ores. I didn't know a lot about spirituality. Mm-hmm. And of course, that led me to diving in. And when I started to dive in, it was just like a remembering. That's the word that I could use. It was just a remembering mm-hmm. of like, this is the truth. This is the true reality. So after all of that occurred, I made the decision to sell all of my stores. I knew that I wasn't going to be happy continuing to run that business. I mean, I could, physically couldn't even do it. You know, I'd wake up and not even want to be there. It's, and I know that's not the energy like, to take to run a successful business. Yeah, it sounds like the universe is really trying to realign you to the point where you could not not listen. Exactly, exactly that. So I sold the stores. And immediately, because I have that entrepreneurial um, blueprint in me, I love using that word blueprint, we'll probably talk about that later, mm-hmm. uh, I, I was just like, okay, what's the next thing that I could do that, that now benefits people, that helps people? Like, how can I serve uh-huh. in a better way? I love it. And I, I did take some time off, and I took about a year, and I would just meditate, I would jog, I would just do all these things to just really connect in with myself and not try to be so outward and produce things outwardly. Let me let me interject mm -hmm. really quickly. I'm just so curious knowing that you I mean just from what I've learned from reading your book and hearing you on the own stream podcast I know that you had just such a forward momentum of energy going out into the world especially through your entrepreneurial endeavors and what I'm really curious about is that when you had this time this gift of reflection for someone who was so used to having energy going forward at full at full blast full steam ahead what was it like to kind of have a complete stop where like you know was it did it was it scary I feel like high performers would think that that's a scary thing or did you just kind of transition it into your spiritual journey so I'm just curious how that was for you 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what? That's a great question. That, that's a really beautiful question. I actually have not ever been asked that, uh, but it felt great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and for me, it was great. It was like I'm so tired of producing. Um, I became a mom at the age of 17, so I was always in that role of creating, producing, having to take care of others, having mm-hmm. to be the one to to do and do and do and do. So for me to take that break, it was an amazing feeling. However, looking back now, I just poured that into my spiritual path, right? So I just uh-huh. took that focus and I was like, I'm going to be the best meditator and I'm going to be the most awake person right. <laughs> I can be. Um, so it just, it really did just switch focus, but then it became more aligned to what my soul wanted to do. So I didn't lose that momentum in any way. It was now just being directed in that place of true alignment where it felt more like flow mm-hmm. than me having to create from my will. Well, I was just going to quickly yeah. ask, I'm really curious with the gift, the time that you had for this reflection, once you sold your company and you had, you know, an income to live off of for that time, what was it, what was your schedule like? I mean, what, did, what was your, what did your a typical day look like? So it was, a, it was actually a very set schedule because I did have to take care of my daughter. I did have to drop her off at school. And since I no longer had to run the company, I would just wake up, drop her off at school like Mm -hmm. usual. And then instead of going to work or going into one of my stores, I would just go to the marina and then just jog and spend those same hours jogging and meditating early in the morning. Yeah. And it was really beautiful to have that time and I knew that it was well deserved because I worked you know my butt off to to be able to get there so I was able to allow myself to really relax into that and then of course another catalyst happened where the sale the second payment on the sale got held up Uh (laughs) (laughs) uh-oh like this bliss is over now like what am I gonna do and and I had to really question at that point while I was meditating and doing the visualizations and the manifestations and, and, you know, all of that, that we know when we come into spirituality and it kind of felt like having this catalyst was showing me that I had to go deeper. So instead of me taking it as a tragedy, I immediately knew, okay, so since this is happening in your life, more change has to happen. You have to expand even more. And I was already at a level of having a relationship with what I call my higher self, you know, uh-huh. that, that part of you that just knows everything's going to be okay and tells you to just watch the direction that everything's moving in. I already had that re- relationship with it, and so I felt okay in that. Yeah, um, yeah so I know that, that right now you're speaking about your relationship with your higher self. Is that something that was coming through this awakening, or is that something that was kind of always there in the background? I feel like I always had it. So I, I don't think I ever realized it until I started becoming more public and speaking with more people because I've also always been a loner, which obviously now, now seeing everything that I'm producing now, it's like, how does that even occur? Um, so, so growing up, I would always just work on my own projects. I was always like on debate team or in the student body government thing and just doing all of these things. And I just always had that confidence that things were always going to work out as long as I applied myself. So it is, it was just a natural trait that I always had with Mm -hmm. me. I would say just having that baseline made it easy for me. But of course, it had to strengthen like as I started to move into a different direction because you do have to get out of your comfort zone. Um, and, and I was getting out of my comfort zone because I was always relying on business and money and commerce 
to support me. And here I was like, oh, now I really have to just depend on the universe. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm sure this applies to how you emotionally know yourself as well. Like you'd previously identified yourself through achievement and success through all your endeavors. And, but through this awakening, I'm sure there was a lot of unlearning around how you knew yourself through those accomplishments. Yeah, exactly that. Because even so in the beginning of the book, I tell my story about being homeless um, with my daughter. And it was in that period of being in the homeless shelter where my first business opportunity came to me. So I just always had that like, yeah, I just we sort of just jumped in past that point of talking about the time frame when you were homeless. We mentioned it in the book title and it's such an attention grabber. I think we should go there right now. I'm just curious as to what that situation was and how you moved through it. Yeah. So, so yeah, we'll backtrack a little bit to that. So when I had my daughter, I was 17, and mm-hmm. that created some, you know, discomfort in my family because we were very, they were very religious and, you know, very intent on you have to be married, and mm-hmm. they were, they weren't happy. And you were, you were raised by your grandparents, mm-hmm. so I'm sure that belief system goes even a generation deeper. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I had to basically be out on my own, and you know, um, I did get married to. Um, my daughter's father and we did try to support ourselves on our own but we just kept hitting these hard patches and finally to the point where we couldn't support ourselves there wasn't anyone that we could stay with and the only option was to go into a shelter Mm. and obviously there's more details in the book so (laughs) i won't um you know use up all the time oh yeah and every for the listeners you know the book is we talked about it earlier but it's available on amazon yeah, so they can get the full the full on that. Um, but you know, we had that was my only option, and just internally, I knew that's what I wanted to do because I knew that I didn't want to rely on anyone to continue to right. support me. It didn't really feel good having to stay with family members, um, and and I really wanted that independence. And in New York, which is where all of this occurred, they do have a program where you're in the shelter for X amount of time, but if you work, they assist you in getting an apartment. And for me, it was like, this is what I'm going to do. So I went into that situation, not necessarily feeling broken and defeated. I went into that situation that, yeah, this is a last resort and this is going to be a tough Mm -hmm. time, but there's going to be a way out. There's going to be something that occurs to get me out. And it was a business opportunity that ended up being the thing. Okay. (laughs) So, you know, we were talking about the emotional and the spiritual aspect to that, that, yeah, I always did have that inner peace, even when there was turmoil around me that I knew that I could always create something Mm -hmm. better. Um, And I want to say that it always just came from within. There wasn't a God that I prayed to, or there wasn't, you know, guardian angels or anything that I asked for (laughs) (laughs) and help with. It's because I I never really felt it outside of me, but I knew that there was just something inside that was going to keep, leading me through and I, I didn't feel like I could depend on friends and family at that point just because mm-hmm. I felt like they couldn't see what I was seeing and that that has always been a big part um, from since childhood I always had that sense that others couldn't see what I was seeing and I didn't know how to describe what I was seeing or feeling because there weren't any words until I found <laughs> spirituality that there's a whole bunch and- of words <laughs> And and now that you have the vocabulary for it with the work that you're doing, I I think you would call it your soul blueprint or design or desire or essence. And for you, this is this is something that's always been there in the background of your energy system. Mm -hmm. It was probably so normalized for you that you didn't even know 
that you didn't realize others mm-hmm. didn't experience it. And now that you have the words for it and ways to help people connect with their and now you have the words for it and ways in which people can connect mm-hmm. to their own blueprint. Can you tell us a little mm-hmm. bit more about that? Okay. Yeah, because I was going to say that's exactly it. It's like the first thing that we do is take people through like, well, what were your hardships? Because that's where your your goal is, right? That's where the thing that you need to gain the lesson and like release the hardship. That's what, that's what you need to do. And that will help show your blueprint and show you that you had it all along. And this is part of it. Um, but we will get to that later on. Um, I mean, we can jump into it right now. There's okay. no linear path to this. <laughs> so, you know, speaking of catalysts, yeah. like, Speaking of catalysts, that's like really how I see the path. It's kind of my belief that before before we incarnate, we kind of have like a plan for how for lessons that will push the needle mm-hmm. on our own awakening. And I see like the, these challenges are there to help reveal these deeper truths to us. They're not, you know, they're not there to take us out in life. But I think that's something that so many people are missing. They think like they, they get knocked out by these catalysts and become a victim to them, but they're really for us. They're not to, they're to shape us and develop us and reveal more of our own nature. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly it. And so when I was sitting with higher self and, you know, a lot of the times when we're on the path, the main question that comes up is like, why me? Right? <laughs> <laughs> why me? So it's like after these things kept happening where it was like, yeah, I was moving up and then I would come back down, moving up and come back down. And I'm like, all right, when is this going to stabilize? What, what is this about through every experience? I know I'm getting stronger, but like, man, when is it going to calm down? <laughs> when is, when is it going to be, you know, when am I going to get to the other side? And that's when I started to dive deeper into accessing my own blueprint through um, what came first was the Akashic Records. Well, just really quickly, and, for the listeners mm-hmm. who are unfamiliar with Akashic Records, could you just give like a quick definition? Yeah, so the Akashic Records, the way that it's described and the way that I also intuitively feel it, it's that place that resides on a higher density. So it's kind of like the library of all souls, and it holds the information etherically of mm-hmm. all your incarnations, the collective incarnation, you know, the collective blueprint. And just basically the the grand library of the cosmos. Right. And you're able to tap into it through meditation, you know, if you have an access point, mm-hmm. just by hearing the phrase Akashic Records. Even if the the um, this phrase comes to you in a different way, I know there are different names for it, but just knowing that there's a place that you can access that has that information that your soul decided to create for you as a human experience before you came down into the human Mm -hmm. experience. So that's what the Akashic Records is for. Um, It's also important to note that that's like not the end all, right? That there's more (laughs) levels obviously above that. Yeah, and this this is just me intuiting, but I see it as added, like the reading of the Akashic Records would be added context to help people speed up their path so that they have a way in which to understand the things that are happening in their life in relation to coming into more and more alignment with their soul. Exactly, exactly. So that was my first entry point um, to that. And simultaneously, because obviously you just, you, you come across these things as you Google. I, I just got through everything through Google. You know, there was there was no other way. And after Google, then, you know, intuitively, it would feel good. And then I would go deeper in to get my own information because I was training myself in that way. Um, I simultaneously found the modality beta healing as well. And they 
taught how to connect to source energy to heal yourself, to heal others, and to get information. So by, yeah, so by seeing, having those two modalities or those two um, access points, I'm going to just call them access points. That's so cool. Come to me at the same time, I was able to see the different levels Mm -hmm. of things. And so I would take the information that I got from the Akashic Records about the blueprint, and then I would connect to source energy. And what I felt like it would show me an even bigger picture than just accessing those records. Wow. So, yeah, so the blueprint was shown to me. But sometimes, you know, you're so stuck in the pain that you're like, yeah, this looks great. (laughs) You know, this sounds sounds good, but why? Why? Right. And then simultaneously being able to connect with source energy and just feel that through my body and remembering that as home gave me that inner peace and that inner knowing that, okay, yes, all of this information is true that you're receiving, Mm -hmm. but also having access to that higher frequency that I could feel in myself was bringing it back down into my experience here. So it was not just remaining like in my mind that, okay, right. You know, this is a grander vision. I was actually embodying it and feeling it. And so I was able to energetically just release all of the pain from the story. You know, it Mm -hmm. it was hard having to grow up the way that I grew up and having a daughter and having to do all of these things and push and pull and, to just know that I can have that universal energy flowing through my body. I was like, okay, so I'm going to let out, let go of all the old stuff and let me look at these scenarios of the poverty, the, the pain, the disconnection, mm-hmm. and let me see what, what the virtues are from that. Right. And once I was able to recognize that, okay, this was just teaching you compassion and this was just teaching you how to come into empowerment and how to uh, use your entrepreneurial blueprint to be in service for the greater good, not to just accumulate money for yourself, which is kind of the way that, you know, Mm -hmm. those ventures are going worldwide, Right. you know, to be, to create a company that is for um, social good and the economic good and, and for a greater picture. This is what you're here to do. And also you have access to source energy that's going to allow you to do that even in a greater capacity than you can even imagine with more ease and with more flow. I was like, okay, I'm on board for that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I know the awakening process is ongoing, but this is what was all occurring during the first initial big boon in your journey where you were doing the theta healing and that meditation class that you talk about in the book. Um, You're seeing all of this in your more, your individual life versus the clients that you're serving today. Is, Is that correct? Right, yeah, all of that was 2016. So, yeah, I had a mentor tell me sometimes that these very condensed, accelerated moments in our inner awakening are part of like programmed in this life to help us recover what we learned in our previous life. And then the new learning that's meant for this life begins. So, it's like these rapid moments of real that are really cool to put us on track with what we're here to do. Yeah, it was like day and night. And so it was like, I just got pulled into this where it was like no longer a choice for me. It was just the new direction. And That's it felt really so cool. good to be in it that, of course, I wanted to expand into, into it. So that was all of 2016. And that was, like, I would say the height of the awakening and the acceleration for me. That's, um, that's so cool. And then it gets better. <laughs> <laughs> of course. And then there's more. 
So in 2017, I know you, you opened up the conversation by mentioning Bentini and Massaro. Mm-hmm. In 2017, I went to um, do some advanced data healing classes in Morocco where I learned like super duper abilities and that was super fun. Um, <laughs> so more than just, yeah, more than just healing abilities, really being able to play with things like telekinesis and bend time and being, you know, invited into a community that was like just playing on that level. And I was like, whoa, this is, <laughs> this is what I'm here for. Right. Um, and just being in that, yeah, being in that open state. And, and one of my friends, she introduced me to his work and I just watched one or two videos and I was like, okay, I have to go see this person. Like, who is this person? I have to see this person. And uh, I went to a weekend retreat and I was like, okay, the, just the energy that I felt was like that next level mm-hmm. that, that I felt like I wanted to go into. And what happened after that was I realized that there is a deeper level of access that's available that I was raised with in Hinduism, you mm-hmm. know, call that level of the absolute, mm-hmm. which is past creation. And simultaneously what happened was everything that, you know, like you were just mentioning, like you learn certain levels and then there's always more everything that I had picked up and learned, I was like, I kind of need to drop this. And so even though I was at the height of my practice in 2016 and 2017, um, I mean, at that point, just to, to tie it to the entrepreneurial thing, taking everything that I learned from business in my previous life, right? Right. (laughs) Previous business and applying it to my healing practice, I was having clients and and I had packages that were between three and $5,000 and I had, coaching sessions and clients were just creating referrals and I was all booked up and it was just going so good. I was doing, you know, live talks in the healing center. I was getting booked for live talks in New York city in the middle of Flatiron district. And it looked great. Everything looked great. Um, but as I started to get pulled into this deeper level, I just knew I had to let all of that go. You know, I just really, I just want to take a moment really quickly to acknowledge you for that, because I think so many people get stuck at a certain level without mm -hmm. realizing that to go further, they have to let go of the identification that they built, even through their spiritual journey, because we build like identification through that as well. And for those of us who feel called to teach, coach, share information, build a business around that, that gets really tempting to to create that identity. And for you to notice that, that subtlety going on, and to be willing to drop it that just really speaks to your purification exactly and and that's what I want like the main thing for me is like letting everybody know it's okay to let it all go because it just gets greater and greater right? <laughs> right. letting it go doesn't mean you're falling back to the bottom and it, it can feel like that especially when you have such a great practice and you're like I'm not going to receive any more money from this um, I'm just going to stop here and just trust the universe but that's that ultimate trust and surrender right. and because my entire life, I was always supported and I always got through the waves. I just knew that this was not going to be any different. So I let it all go um, because I didn't want to serve from this place of an identity. You know, I, mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't want to serve from this place of being this healer or <laughs> whatever people were, you know, looking to me for, I knew that they had the answer and I didn't, I didn't want them to think that I had the answer for them. So I, I kind of felt that was happening in my practice. And so I was like, I have to shut it down. Right. It's so powerful. <laughs> so 2017 was, I would say, another quote-unquote dark period, but obviously not, right? right. Where I just t- just went deeper in. And I knew I was not going to have money coming in, but I also knew that that was going to be, like, my final exit from the Matrix as well. <laughs> and um, and then what happened, I, I decided, 
um, because then Ben was doing another retreat on specifically on the absolute. And I was like, okay, I know this is what I'm being pulled into. And then mm-hmm. at the same time, there, you know, after seeing him for the first time, I just knew like, you know, this is like a brother, right? Like right. I, I, I knew that you don't have to put anybody above you. And I knew that mm-hmm. even though someone has access to information that, that you, you haven't embodied yet, you can always embody it on your own. True. Um, so just, just the fact, knowing that there was someone else out there kind of having the same experience allow, uh, did uh, did open up that space for me to mm-hmm. go deeper and, and to to explore deeper. So before that retreat occurred, that was December of 2017, I had that full-on, it's a dissolution. I don't even want to call it an experience because it's not an experience. It's a dissolution into the absolute, knowing yourself as the absolute. Wow. Um, and it is, it really is indescribable. It does feel as if you're just being pulled out of creation into this black hole and just dissolving into yourself, but it's also simultaneously so liberating at the same <laughs> time. And you just pop out of it like, aha, got it. Everything. <laughs> oh <my answered."> <laughs> <laughs> and, and I know that sometimes along the path and I haven't touched the absolute, but sometimes along the path, as you move up fear starts to kick in you get scared of leaving the known or scared scared of the unknown and when you're coming up against these new levels of new levels fear can really amp up to keep you small now did you experience yourself did you just happen to like get relaxed during these moments of fear or did they not really pop up for you you had maybe you had so much spiritual mass already working in your favor that the gravity was pulling you towards the absolute yeah well to to be realistic I have a daughter right, right. So, you couldn't leave you I, I had an anchor point <laughs> exactly so even though I was like okay I'm cool with like if I have to leave this body I'm cool with like if I just end up popped out on the other side like, it's fine but there was a point right before that dissolving and I could feel myself like really just being able to hover while being in the body being able to just hover above it all and see it all as the that grand play that grand illusion that it is, I also simultaneously was like, okay. And, and at that, at that point I had reconciled with my mom because we were separated for my entire life. And Mm -hmm. I told her that I was like, in case I do leave this body, can you take care of my touch-up? But know that it was a choice. I even write about that in the book because that was a whole, you know, a whole experience Uh there, but that, showed me that it was okay because there's always a solution so if there is any fear that is arising that of the unknown know that if if the willingness is there the solution is there as well yeah i mean relaxing through the fear knowing there's always a solution is a powerful place to come from whether you desire to go deeper in the spiritual path or walking something out on the physical plane yeah exactly and so so in that sense yeah i did let it all go but in that sense i also knew that there's things that you could put in place that do help you secure that space mm-hmm. and allow you to do it without having to give everything up or go through some type of trauma you know right. to get there mm-hmm. um so I, so i allowed myself to do it and and so then <laughs> so then after it occurred before the retreat i was like okay so what am i going to go to this retreat for now <laughs> It's already done. And that's like my accelerated fashion. Um, but when I got there, I just asked one question. I said, okay, so if you dissolve, what's next? <laughs> Basically, um, you know, and the answer that I got was so beautiful. And, and what came through is that it is just about your blueprint. So no one really knows what happens after 
or what's next because the true point where we were all at in the collective is just getting there. And a lot of people were just wanting to get there. Mm-hmm. So, so when, when I received that answer, I was like, Oh, so I have work to do, right? Like <laughs> yeah. I have, now I have work to do. You came here for a reason. <laughs> exactly. And it was to really see what was next. And that's when I just started to dive deeper into blueprints for people. And, and then that's when the school was created because I met this beautiful being that had also, and her name is Nina. Um, she's the co-founder of the school. Yeah, I watched a Facebook Live with the two of you to prepare for this interview. And I just thought the two of you worked so well together. You were incredible. Thank you. Yeah, so she had also had her dissolving experience. We'll just use the word experience just as a label. Um, and when I saw her, things started to come together on how to deliver this information to the to the public because you can imagine, you know, know, okay, how do we put this there? It was such a fun process, right? It was like, whoa, this is a whole new level. Right. I mean, I think it's just incredible for one person to go to the absolute and then for two of y'all. And I just feel like it's such a curious story to know how y'all met. Yeah. So divine synchronicity. I had a friend that would, um, refer all these clients to me you know we had a similar practice in New York and she was friends with Nina and she just said you guys have to meet and there was a meeting that was supposed to occur but didn't occur um and then it occurred in the right time after all of this happened and I was able to see her in that frequency and we were like you know oh this is it and we were able to look at each other and know we had been to the same place and come back (laughs) (laughs) that's so cool (laughs) and just locked it in and you know we created the school just last year wow (laughs) in a year we've already had three cohorts We're, we're going on to the fourth and we're getting to see you know these beautiful experiences of um, people that have dissolved, people that are on the threshold, people that know that it's not even in their blueprint to get there, but it's great to know that it exists. <laughs> um, yeah, I, really, I just mm-hmm. thought it was so beautiful how you and Nina describe the work you're doing. Essentially, you're holding a vibration of space. You're acting as a container, if you will, for for blueprinters or mm-hmm. uh, and I'm sure you can go more into that in a second. Mm-hmm. And you're you're holding space space for people to come together ver- versus utilizing a standard teaching format to transfer the information. Mm-hmm. Can you speak to what it is and what it isn't? Yeah, so the main thing that we realized is that after you have discovered your individual blueprint and, you know, you're at a certain level of having cleared a lot and knowing that you are here to serve, what has to to then be realized is that you're not here to do it alone, that there's this whole collective mm-hmm. that came in with you right. with blueprints that match your tone. So we use the word tone. Because we we find that that's the best word to describe how to translate a blueprint. Because, you know, we like to throw the word frequency around a lot, but Mm -hmm. what does that really mean, right? Right. And the the tone is equal to whatever that virtue is that your soul has an abundance of. That's your tone. So for me, for example, it's compassion. It's just pure compassion. I know that what got me through... Everything was having compassion for myself and having compassion for others. Mm -hmm. And everyone has a different facet. So for some people, it's joy. For some people, it's truth. For some people, um, it's just pure love and creativity. And so when you're able to really pinpoint your tone, then it becomes like a symphony. 
So you know your tone and then you can find the others that are in their tone and then you can create together. Now, it doesn't have to equal or look like physical creation. It could mean just you guys coming together in community and having chats and just like how we're having now, right? And just just being in that frequency and just showing people what it looks like or what it feels like just to be living from that place. And then we, then that just creates that collective blueprint and that helps to anchor it because we live in a quantum universe and everything has to be witnessed in order for it to be real, right? In order for it to exist here. Mm -hmm. So by you witnessing another in their tone and them witnessing you in your tone, you create that experience here. And you create that as a physical reality here. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and I know most people that are on the journey, they're, they're alone, right? They're, they're on their spiritual path and they're alone and nothing's being created or manifesting or it's not solid or it's not anchored because you need that witness. Right. <laughs> you need your witness on its own. And, and like speaking of, speaking of anchoring, I know you speak, the, speak to that in your videos and you're also talking about embodiment. Mm-hmm. Can you speak to what that means? Yeah, because we can... So one thing is when you are going into meditation, you're essentially astral traveling. And so you're essentially leaving your body. Now, Mm -hmm. there's a portion of your consciousness that will always remain in the body to allow it to move and talk and do what it needs to do. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't mean that you're all here. Right. And most people know what this experience feels like, right? You're daydreaming or you're not in the body or you're walking around dropping things or bumping into things and your mind's one one place and your body's in another. Mm -hmm. Anchoring is just aligning where the mind, body, and soul are at (laughs) and bringing it all here, bringing that consciousness into the body so that the body truly becomes a vehicle. So it's like if you're driving a car, you're not going to take your eyes off the road to get to your destination. It's mm-hmm. the same thing when we're we're in the body, right? We're right. not going to take ourselves out of the body to get to our destination. We're going to use the vehicle, our human body, as a compass to give us that direction and give us that flow. So anchoring is really allowing that vast, expanse consciousness that you are to come in and localize your body yeah that makes that makes a lot of sense yeah and I feel like that's the where most people have hesitancy because they spend so much time escaping the body through meditation just to get out of the pain right to to get out of the pain or get out of whatever they're experiencing that they forget that they can really release all that pain and bring in that higher consciousness into the body so that there's a whole new experience that they can live in that's a really good point because I think a lot of people use the spiritual path or various modalities on the path to escape from pain versus facing what needs to be faced to create real sustained healing or movement back mm-hmm. into wholeness, which is which is the actual point of the spiritual path. And I think another powerful thing you mentioned in one of your videos I watched is letting go of the idea of seeking mm-hmm. because I think a lot of people get caught in this loop of seeking. And I've heard Bentinho Massaro say over and over that it really comes down to confidence. It seems so simple, but people often remain in Mm -hmm. a seeking state because they're still in doubt or lack confidence over their own capacity to live from these higher qualities or getting in the business of walking out whatever it is that they're here to do. Exactly. Yeah. And it's the simplest thing. It really is just having that confidence of, of what you have experienced and what you know to be true and just having the confidence to be able to speak that. And I noticed that that's one of the biggest things with um, the students that come to our school. It's like they know that they are all that is. Like they know what they have experienced, but they're not confident in saying like, hey, I'm God. 
He's not like, walking around. I'm glad there's all this other stuff that's in the way. And, you know, for example, I could have went to that retreat and, and questioned my experience. Like, oh, did I really get there or whatever? But I was like, no, I know what happened. Right. <laughs> I know what happened. And, and when I asked him the question, it wasn't from that place of speaking or needing validation mm-hmm. at all. It was from that place of having a mutual conversation of like, hey, this is what occurred. So in your experience, what's next? And I'm going to take your answer and not use it as like, okay, this is God's answer, Mm -hmm. right? Outside of me. It's like, I'm God. And what do I need to do to take that in for myself and for my blueprint? And how do I move forward in what I'm creating with that? And that is the turning point. That's the turning point where you can end the seeking when you know that even even though that information is coming out of somebody else's mouth it's really just you speaking to you (laughs) right it's your own inner resonance Mm -hmm. connecting with your inner truth it's it's not it's not you taking someone else's word for truth and I want to note that the blueprint you're speaking about is different from how people may traditionally connect to a blueprint because the one you're talking about transcends personal desire can we speak to that difference exactly so uh, the example that I can use is like astrology, right? Astrology that's, that's out there now is based on like your personality, mm-hmm. right? So there is a level of astrology that exists where it out completely has nothing to do with your personal sign and your personal traits, but more of uh, a cosmic nature where it's about where the collective is moving to. Mm-hmm. So when, when we refer to blueprints, it's not about your personal desire. So I would say... I did have personal desire in the first half of my life when I was creating my company because I wanted a husband that looked a certain way or a car that looked a certain way or a mansion that looked a certain way. And then I really got rid of that. And I was like, well, what do people need? What, what, what do they need? And I don't care what I have to look like. I don't care what I have to do, but I just want to serve. I just want to know what it is that they need. And I don't try to interject any personal belief or personal want into that and and at the point where I am honestly it's impossible for that to occur (laughs) that's so awesome and I just want listeners to know that there's something beyond personal desire and it's a super purified state because as you're saying you're not projecting your own beliefs or desires onto the situation it's a very different place to be coming from instead of wanting something out of the situation you're only here to respond to a call for your help you're feeling the call from your soul and there's a response to that. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I, I can just give the, the simplest example for this. It's like when I, when I wake up and I look in the mirror, I don't see my face, right? I see everyone. Wow. I see all. I see everything. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's not about me and what I look like. If I prepare for an interview, it's not like how my hair looks on one side or whatever. It's like, what am I going to say today? You know, like what, what is everybody asking for today? And then anything that we create in school it's because we get the response first so it's like we put information out there and we wait to see what we receive and our entire curriculum and everything was created based on all the responses that we were getting from everyone and then also what allows us to continue to expand is seeing the benefit that they have received from what we deliver and it's constantly that that giving and receiving. Mm-hmm. So it's not, it's not one way. And that's how you know it doesn't come from that personal place because you're so in tune with all that is around you and you're so in tune with your own information. 
and it just matches. <laughs> it right. just matches. So you, you can't, you don't even need to question it. There's just such a flow that happens in the delivery and anything that, you know, we receive into our company in terms of proceeds and things like that, it's, it's constantly about like, okay, where do we move this money into and how is it going to continue to benefit the greater good? And, you know, because the team came together so quickly and, you know, that might have to be a whole other conversation <laughs> right. or a follow-up thing. You know, I had a two-bedroom apartment when I was delivering all the work and the team was working virtually and I was like, guys, I know that we just all need to be together in the same place, but would you be cool with coming in and squeezing into my two-bedroom apartment? And <laughs> That's totally a New York <laughs> thing. Yeah, and it was like six of us living in my two-bedroom apartment. You know, just co-creating. <laughs> that's yeah, that's so different exactly. from Texas. Yeah, well, we were in Florida, so I think I <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I you're on. in Philadelphia now, aren't you? Yes, yeah, and so that's another thing too. We just go where we're called, and it's like we drop everything. If there's a if there's a call, we know we need to be in another location. We just drop everything, and it works out. It works out exactly the way that it needs to. You know, we're flying next week to Malta because we're hosting a retreat. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah. So cool. <laughs> So, and it's, it's just a flow. It really is just that flow. And, and this is where all of that, um, that level of, if you trust the universe and you allow yourself to flow and you allow yourself to expand and you allow yourself to release the personal desire, something greater is going to be shown to you that you could not even have imagined for yourself. You couldn't have imagined it. Like, honestly, two, two, three years ago, there's no way. Um, and, and then in addition, there's branches of the company that have to deal with cryptocurrency and investing into ag tech, which is agriculture technology, mm-hmm. you know, just, just, I couldn't even have a bet. And I have to say, it's just all of my experience in the business world and the way that it's merging so beautifully with the spiritual world that I'm in now, it's just one thing for me now. There's no, there's no separation that exists. And I know it's because I've allowed myself to expand into that and not have right. any fears and not have any doubts and, and not question, but just truly just trust myself you know, above anything else. And just for listeners tuning in, it really starts with the small, small thing saying yes to intuitive hits that get that you get without questioning. And you just build that trust through this process so that when you go get to bigger and bigger levels, like like you're dealing with, that foundation of trust is there. And then with this built built up trust comes the ability to make more and more courageous decisions, but also requires you to drop more and more as you as you've done this over and over and over again, so that your willingness to build something up and that same willingness to drop it if it's asked. And you do it. You listen. It's something that's available to all of us. And you tune in and you follow it. And you taught yourself this. And I'm, I'm sure that's why a part of your plan included having the experience of being in the homeless shelter. Exactly. It tested and strengthened your determination to maintain an energy of trust and moving through, which was preparing you to do it at these bigger and bigger levels that you're doing all these years later. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I can pinpoint like every step of the way where I made the choice to step up and like not shrink which is what just leads you to the next thing. Every time that I was asked to speak to an event, even if nerves would come up, I'm just going to go do it. Every t- And even when I was asked to drop my practice and dissolve deeper, okay, I'm just going to do it. Right. <laughs> and and it's not a secret. You know, none of this is not a secret. Like, I don't have any magic sauce. <laughs> that, like, that's different than anybody else. I just listen to my blueprint. And everyone else could do that. And if they just listen to their blueprint and not look to what other people are creating to think that that's what they need to create. That's another case. 
Yeah, I think that's definitely another biggie because I was thinking that exact same thing when you said as a child you were a loner and you did your own thing, you worked on your own project. I feel like that was early training training ground for not taking outside cues to know your next move. That was already preparing you for how you're living your spiritual path today. Exactly, exactly. And and so it's like when, when I was asked in my company to merge spirituality and cryptocurrency and people were like, well, how do you do that? I'm like, I don't know. It's just going to happen. <laughs> we're we're going to allow that to happen. Right. And we're continuing to watch it unfold. I'm not taking cues from what's going on in the industry. And I'm not worried about looking crazy <laughs> or any <laughs> of these things just because no one's talking about what I'm talking about. I'm just going to find within me the way to merge these worlds. And this was something else I was thinking about. Spirituality is not outside of the rest of the world. It's meant to pervade every aspect of our world. And it will when each of us has done the inner work to live more and more from these higher qualities. I mean, can you imagine what it will be like when all Mm -hmm. 7 billion of us are living from these qualities of love and compassion, wisdom, kindness, forgiveness? It's where we're meant to go as a collective. It's how our earthly experience is meant to change and and evolve. Exactly. So that it's harmonized. So another another reason or the main reason for coming into your own blueprint and then finding others that you can harmonize your tone with is so that we can come into harmony as a collective. And so that there's a new baseline of frequency that exists here on earth and we're not having to suffer through poverty. We're not having to suffer Mm -hmm. through war and we're not having to to play the old game really. Mm -hmm. And that we're creating a new game because we're anchored here. How can we create that new game if we don't anchor here? If we don't bring it into mainstream if we just keep it on the sidelines. Let's expand on that a little bit more. Like we're here in this experience with great polarity to purify our lower level vibrations so they're no longer running the collective programming. And like the more of us who commit to individually cleaning up our own energy system, the greater the shift in the collective programming towards these higher qualities becomes. Yeah, exactly. Because that's where humility and compassion come in, right? Because if I was in that shelter and I was mad at the world, right, and I was mad at the government and mad at the system and mad at and just blame them for for everything and not step into my power, I'd still be in the same place. But because I allowed myself to have that compassion and like have that humility of not thinking, you know, that I'm better than anybody or that I'm greater than anything and just trying to find my own way really that is what allowed me to see past the system. And if we all can do that and just come into alignment with the knowing that we do have some type of power inside of ourselves, even if you're not the level to believe that you're quote unquote God or whatever word you want to use or that you don't feel that unification yet, just know that there is some type of power inside of you that you can take back. And if we just extend that knowing to others that may not be fully awake or, you know, whoever we come across, everybody's going to be at different levels. Mm -hmm. But if we can just come to them with that compassion of of understanding what they're going through, but also not pitying them, right? right? Or not, or not pitying, pitying them and not siding with them to blame the government or whatever, but saying, Hey, there's a, there's a level of power that you have over this and, and where can you find that level? Mm -hmm. You know, it really is as simple as that. And that opens the gateway to so much more, and it really does take just each and every one of us being that person in that environment because the reason why we incarnated into families and a lot of us have incarnated into families that are not at our level or can't see where we're at vibrationally, mm-hmm. the reason is so that we can create the shift in that. 
in, in, in that individual community. And it's going to take all of us creating that shift in that individual community. Yeah, that's like a really cool way to look at it. Because I've kind of always looked at it a little bit differently. I thought about like, the circumstances that we're incarnate into and the catalysts that are there are there to serve us in bringing out and revealing this truth in us. And for you, I would say you went through like a more challenging circumstances than the average person, but that polarity gave you that unnecessary catalyst to reveal more of your inner nature that is serving you in the future. And so I think it's like really cool to see that it's both to serve in that pulling out of your own inner truth and I just think it's really cool to see that ripple back into the community around the circumstances you were born into. That's when you get out of just it's your your personal thing and then into the collective. So, okay, this in the beginning, it was about me. But then, okay, because we're all one and the same, how is it about you also? Right? Like, like there, there was a co-creative process because the same way my soul had a blueprint, your soul had a blueprint too. Just because you're not awake to it doesn't mean that it didn't have one. <laughs> you know? right. So, right. so it, it creates that ripple. I mean, you know, for example, just in my family now, uh, you know, one of my cousins made the joke the other day. She's like, you're just going to be the the aunt with the crystals and we're going to send the kids to you when we want them to meditate, but we're not going to meditate. We'll just send them over to you. You know, just, just that alone makes my heart sing, you know? Sure. Um, and it is really as simple as that, you know, it, it doesn't have to be complicated. You know, we don't, these visions don't have to be grand and we don't have to have millions of dollars, although that is very nice and communal, <laughs> right. but, you know, definitely a path for many. Um, but it really starts out, with you anchoring, it really starts out with you anchoring your knowing, anchoring your consciousness, anchoring your spirituality, and just beaming that out. Ah, I just love that. And I just, I know that we could just talk for hours and hours. But what I want to do right now, sort of as we wrap up is to help <laughs> people understand like what you're doing today, what your work entails to see if we can connect the right people to what you're offering. Mm -hmm. So as we got deeper and deeper into the school, we also realized that there's this whole group of blueprinters. So not only did you, not only do you have access to your blueprint, but you also helped in a way create the design of this whole game, right? If we're all the creator, we all can access a level of remembering how we created the design. Mm -hmm. So it is for a level of beings that already are anchored in a specific specific knowing. Okay. But also at the same time, it feels like a lot. <laughs> it feels like it's a lot. And it feels so grand because that's what it felt like for me when I woke up. I was like, oh my God, I know all of this. I have to do so much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but when you realize there's nothing else that you have to do other than just be you. Right. And you you will receive access to higher information and you will be able to create an entrepreneurial venture that is in alignment with that blueprint so that you can create that word that would allow people to understand that there's another level to this cosmic consciousness, right? Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of work that people do on the seven chakras, which is body related, mm -hmm. right? They all exist in the body. But what we wanted to do was open up a gateway to allow people to open up to the expanded consciousness. We call it the gateway to the, the cosmos. Mm -hmm. Open up to their higher self. Open up to that intuition in greater levels. Open up to that merging and being able to bring it into the body. Okay. So the incubator we created 
as a three, very intensive three-month process. And I do have to just say very intensive because that's also the feedback that we've been getting. <laughs> very intensive, but very but great, right? Um, to allow you to clear anything that's still in the body on the body level. Mm-hmm. You know, all fears, humiliation, isolation, rejection, all of those things just, that can just block you. Something mm-hmm. that, that might help help listeners that may not be as familiar with this is just... And, and I'll, I'll let you, I'm going to start this off, but I'll let you finish it. The way I've heard like Ventino Massaro teach it, and maybe if, if you teach it differently, that's fine. But he's talking about at, when you encounter an experience, it starts to filter through the chakras, starting from the lower chakras, from a fear sense. And if you, if you have so much fear that's associated with that lower chakra, that first chakra, that it's reducing how high like basically your ability to reach up into the higher energy I don't feel like I'm describing it very well so if you wouldn't mind doing like a quick overview of kind of like how experience flows through the chakras and then how as you clear certain fears it allows it to get into you get to just be more in the higher chakras yeah that's a great description so if you do have fears that are in the lower chakras it does not allow you to access the higher ones. And what the reason why you want to clear it and access the higher ones, obviously, is to have more clear communication, release doubt, mm-hmm. you know, release negative experiences from your life. And then you get to the point where they're all clear and then you no longer have chakras. You're operating mm-hmm. as one pillar of light in your body. Mm-hmm. So you're no longer needing to have lower experiences right. in your life and you're not met with doubt and you're not met with fear. You are just flowing, you mm-hmm. know, as this pillar of light. But that can't occur unless you actually acknowledge them and work through what's in there. You can't skip steps. Right. There's no skipping steps. And another term that's used is also like the rays. Mm-hmm. Um, so seven rays. There's there's a bunch of different terms just depending on what you follow and what. Um, I've just heard it through like the, theosophical mm-hmm. teachings, but I my my audience wouldn't wouldn't be as familiar. So she, go into that in your description. Yeah, exactly. And and so there's there's a couple of different. Um, Ways to describe it, I'm not familiar with all of them. The most common one is the chakra system, but they they just tie into your body. And mm-hmm. so when you're able to clear and open, you're able to, to anchor in all this cosmic energy mm-hmm. in into your body and, and, and really have completion. Mm-hmm. You know, have completion of all of those experiences so that you can create a new higher level ascended experience, mm-hmm. right? A transcended experience mm-hmm. in your body. So that's why we use the term eighth chakra. We obviously you know, are not stuck on that term, but mm-hmm. it's just something that I feel that people can relate to. Mm-hmm. And and it's something that it gives a call because we love eight and infinity, right? Oh, nice. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Yeah, exactly. So it just, it just gives you that access, that anchored access mm-hmm. to infinity. So we have the incubator course for that. And um, so, and in, so that course is mm-hmm. clearing out all the, all the lower level fears because that's how you would move into the eighth chakra ultimately. Yes, okay. That's exactly what it's designed to do, and we do run it in cohorts. So you have your own community, you have your own um, cohort that you're going through it with, and we have a Slack channel, we have a whole community on there, and it, we created that experience for you to be able to immerse yourself in it, and you know, almost call it like the clearing of all clearings, or like the final clearing. <laughs> you really... don't need, you don't that's need cool. to, to speak. Yeah. You know, you'll have the anchor within yourself where. Even if you have questions, when you're communicating in the community, you're all communicating at a high level where it's mm-hmm. like you know you're stuck. 
Yes, you know? yes. <laughs> I love it. And just to be able to communicate with beings on that level is also a great experience for everyone. Sure. Um, and then we have another course, but everything we do at levels and everything is a prerequisite to the other. Mm-hmm. And then the next level to that is the Ascended Entrepreneur Mastery Incubator. So if you're ready to take your gift and create a business, um, we have a course on how to do that as well. Well, I love that that I love that you have all these foundational courses before you get to the one where people are creating and putting into the world. Because I think so often people want to get to the putting the thing into the world because they one, they're still at the level of personal desire. And that seems to be something that would feel fulfilling in that moment. And you're saying, hey, wait a minute, we're here to, to, to come from this very higher, this higher place. So we've got to do this deeper clearing so that we come from this higher state where we're transcended personal desire and we're really here to contribute to the collective and 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 not have our personal lower nature in the way of that so i think that's really cool that that you have it stacked that way yeah that's exactly it you just perfected the word, the word. <laughs> well i just appreciate you coming on to the podcast i'm so glad that we were able to get connected in this way i loved learning about the work that you're doing i love that you're you know, you know exactly who you're here to help, how you're here to help, and you're committed to your your constant purification just by listening, just by being willing to listen to to your own inner resonance, to your to your own intuition and your higher self, however you want to put that. And I'm I'm just so thankful for the work that you and Nina and your team are putting into the world. And we'll link everything in the show notes. And so anyone out there who feels a resonance with what Hema is teaching and sharing. I mean, gosh, you've got so much free content. I just watched a 30 minute video and a 40 minute video, and that was just from January. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot more. <laughs> yeah, so that was one so month, <laughs> one month from like the last couple of years, or last four years that you've probably been consistently putting content into the world. So, mm-hmm. definitely find her online and dig into her stuff if this is resonating because she's going to speed up your path just by being such a clear mirror from where she's coming from so again thank you so much for coming on i appreciate it thank you so much for having me this has been a pleasure it was so much joy thank you we are the love we are the love we give the music on the podcast is a song i fell in love with called we are the love we give by imaginary future it's available everywhere music is sold